Pastor Xavier Reese says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. The blessing of God do not come by knowing the word. Just because I know the word doesn't mean God's going to bless me. The blessings of God come by being a doer of God's word, what I know. We are to serve like Jesus to be blessed of God. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Jesus ended the Sermon on the Mount by saying, Any man who hears these sayings and does them will be likened to a wise man building his house on the rock. Likewise, Pastor Xavier illustrates today that serving the kingdom of God requires that you not just be a hearer only, but a doer of the Word as well. It's a simple truth we find Jesus illustrating by washing the disciples' feet. Let's listen. For our study, we want to look at Jesus as he washes the disciples' feet, which reveals three truths about how we are to serve one another. First of all, we are to serve at all times. This is the proclamation. Secondly, we are to serve all people. This is the exhortation. And then thirdly, we are to serve like Jesus. This is the application. Now, let's look at the first. We are to serve at all times, the proclamation, verse 1 through 5. Notice in verse 1, we are to serve at all times, even in times of crises. Jesus was serving even though he was about to die. You can't get a greater crisis than that. Jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from the world to the Father, yet he did not hold service to his own. Sometimes we are so carried about ourselves because of what's going on that we forget everybody else because we are so concerned about ourselves. We are so overwhelmed about the situation that's affecting us and touching me and captivating my mind that I am totally oblivious to, to the needs of others and the sensitivity of others. And so we are to serve even in times of crises. But secondly, we are to serve at all times, even when you know things about people. Look at verse 2. Jesus knew that he was eating with one who would betray him. How would you like that? Do you know what hinders me from serving and loving people? What I know about them. And God says that I can do both, love and serve, regardless of what I know, if I will die to self and depend upon him. We serve at all times, even if it doesn't appear glamorous in the eyes of the world. Jesus arose from the supper table. He took on the position of a slave. And he laid aside his garment, his outer robe. He took on a towel, girded himself. He poured water into the basin. He began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel which he was girded with. Jesus took the form of the lowest of slaves. He would wash all the feet of the guests, this slave. He was the lowest slave of the house. Apparently here, no one was there. So Jesus got up and washed feet. (laughs) Now notice, secondly, we are to serve all people. This is the exhortation. First we have the proclamation, now the exhortation. We are to serve all people. Verse 6, even those who object. Peter was shocked that Jesus would wash his feet. Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus told Peter that he did not understand 
what he was doing. He didn't know. What I'm doing, you don't understand. Now, Peter viewed this type of service for someone beneath his own position, not one above him. So he's using his brain. He's thinking, oh, no, no. Let your preconceived ideas out. Put your worldly ideas out. And get in the word of God and find out what the principles of the kingdom are. Some people will not understand why you do the things you do. They might even think you're crazy or foolish. But once again, who are you serving? You're serving the Lord. Now notice Jesus told Peter also that he would understand after. He didn't then, but he would after. Peter had a wrong understanding of the kingdom of God. What a difference when we are filled with the Spirit of God and understand as we allow Him to teach us through His Spirit. Thirdly, we serve all people, even those who misunderstand. Verse 8 through 10. Now, don't confuse. Peter first didn't understand, but now he misunderstands. When you don't understand, you don't know. When you misunderstand, you understand the wrong way. <laughs> There's a difference. So in verse 8 and 10 here, Peter says, you shall never wash my feet, misunderstanding and thinking himself beneath the service of Jesus. The declaration of Jesus reveals that what he did was absolutely necessary. Listen to his words. If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. No option, no elective, a requirement. Peter again misunderstands what Jesus said and declares, Lord, not my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus wasn't saying, let me give you a bath. Peter understood that if he did not allow Jesus to wash his feet, he could have nothing to do with him. Is that what he said? No. What was he meaning? We're going to see a little further. So Peter is told in verse 10 by Jesus again that he misunderstood him. Watch this. Jesus does this first by reminding Peter of the common knowledge of the day. When someone went to a supper, if they bathed completely all their body, the only thing needed to be washed was what? Their feet. This was due to the dirt. But if they took a bath completely, then the feet would be the only thing. So what you have here is a little mini parable, really, in verse 10. He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but... Is completely clean and you are clean, but not all of you. So he took a thing that, uh, that Peter did understand. He knew about people bathing completely and then they come to a supper and they only clean the feet. And he puts it next to what he said there at the rest of verse 10. You are clean, but not all of you. In other words, they were all 11 of them, cleansed and bathed. The word is luo, bathed. By faith in him that he was the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. John later on tells us in John 15, 3, Jesus says, you are cleansed by the words I have spoken unto you. And Paul says in Ephesians 5, 26 and 7 that he will present to himself a bride, a church without spot, wrinkle, any such thing by the washing of the water by the word. And so here, Jesus gives him a mini parable. He says, when you're bathed completely, you just need to wash your feet. But then he gives a spiritual deep meaning. It says that not all of you are clean. In other words, he's talking about the leaven who had trusted Christ and had been cleansed by his blood. And all they needed now was to have their feet washed for fellowship. Because every day we blow it, right? 
And so you need to clean your feet. You have to come before the throne of grace and confess your sins and get right to stay in fellowship. They only needed the washing. Word wash is nipto, a portion, their feet, the fellowship with God. Does not 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank God I have an advocate, a lawyer for the defense. And you know what? He's never lost a case. But it's all premised on one condition, that when you come, you say, I'm guilty. And you confess it. Don't come and bargain. Jesus doesn't plead bargain. If you confess your sin, he'll cleanse you. If you plead for bargaining, you won't take your case. You're on your own. And so, even those who misunderstood were being served. <laughs> How interesting. Fourthly, we have to serve all people, even those who would betray us. Verse 11. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. Jesus knew that Judas would betray him and he most likely washed his feet. Have you ever thought about that? As you know, the new commandment that he gives to them is they should love one another as he had loved them and they should love one another. And by this all men would know that they were his disciples. John 13, they're 34 and 35. It's agape love. Jesus his motive was to offer him the same repentance that he offered to all others. Who was he? He was the one that would betray him. The one that would betray him. Remember that when someone treats you like a slave or a servant and you don't like it, then you know that you're not a servant. <laughs> find out real quick. If you're going to serve, you're going to find out if you're a servant or not because people are going to treat you like one. And if you don't like it, you'll find out you're not one. It's just very, very simple. Jesus declared, when you do it to the least of these, you do it unto me. That's why we do it, people. That's why we do what we do to him. No one else. Thirdly, we are to serve like Jesus. So we've had the proclamation, the exhortation. Here's the application. We are to serve like Jesus, verses 12 through 20. Notice first, we are to serve like Jesus to instruct those who serve with a wrong attitude. By example, we reprove and rebuke. Verse 12, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? The 12 were discussing who was the greatest. Luke 22, 24 tells you that. Mark 9, 33 to 34 gives you another occasion. It's recorded three times in Scripture. I have a feeling it happened at least 300 times. It seemed to be the topic of their life. Walking towards Capernaum, they're asking and arguing and discussing who is the greatest. Jesus gets there and says, by the way, what were you boys discussing? Oh, Lord, just real pretty out here in the spring. Galilee's a great place to live. And um, Jesus grabs a little kid, puts him on his lap, and says, unless you become like a little child, you'll never, you'll never be great. All 12 thought more highly themselves than they ought. All 12, not one, had a servant attitude. Not just Judas, not one. 
All 12 had the idea that the kingdom was a place to be served rather than to serve. Remember James and John? They asked Jesus for the right hand and the left hand in, in Mark 10, 35 through 45. And then the 10 got ticked off of the two because the 10 had the same thing in mind. The two beat the 10 to it. Now, do you think you're any different than the 12? I know I'm not. So I've got to keep my feet clean. I've got to sit at the master's feet and I've got to serve. Secondly, we are to serve like Jesus to follow the example of Jesus. Real simple. Verse 13 through 15. If I acknowledge Jesus as my teacher and Lord, I do well according to the words of Jesus. That's good. But that's only a start, right? But once I say that, then I'm responsible, right? Then Jesus is going to have his eye on me. If he as Lord and teacher washed the feet of the disciples, we also ought to wash one another's feet in verse 14. There's the practicality of it. Loving one another as Jesus loved us is a distinguishing mark of the church and the Christian. Verse 34 and 35. I pointed that out to you already. Not your knowledge. Not how much you give. Not how many people see you. But how you love one another. Notice also that if I understand the kingdom, then I will follow Jesus as the example. Verse 15. He was not teaching that we are to literally wash one another's feet. I'm not really turned on about washing anybody's feet. I don't think you are either. He was teaching them that they were not above their Lord to serve one another. Very simple. Very basic. We are to serve like Jesus. Thirdly, to walk in humility. Verse 16. Assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. For a servant is not greater than his master. That would be pride. The common topic of their conversation was always who was the greatest. Jesus said, unless they become like a little child, they would never be great. You want to be great? Serve. And serve with the right attitude of humility. For he who is sent is not greater than he who sent him, but a representative or ambassador of him. Jesus constantly said, the Father is greater than I, John 14, 28. The greater is in view of his willful submission for man's redemption and limitation on his own person for a set time. For they were both God. We are to serve like Jesus, fourthly, to be blessed of God. Verse 17. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. The blessing of God do not come by knowing the word. Just because I know the word doesn't mean God's going to bless me. The blessings of God come by being a doer of God's word, what I know. The blessedness is not necessarily material or financial, as many teach today, but peace, love, wisdom, gentleness, meekness, temperance, perseverance, kindness, all of those things 
But really, he blesses us financially right off the bat, doesn't he? I believe every Christian, the minute he's born again, the person who's born again, the minute he is, I believe he is financially ahead an easy two times over. Because all of a sudden, he's not going to throw his money away on booze, drugs, sex, and silly decisions. Just becoming a Christian makes you twice financially better off. Automatically. Now what happens if you really use wisdom? <laughs> the man who is a doer has many blessings. You begin with the Beatitudes. Open up your concordance. Punch up your computer. And punch in the word blessed. Throughout the scriptures, begin with the psalm. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinner or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight shall be in the law of the Lord, and there he shall meditate day and night. Whatever he does shall prosper. His leaf shall not wither. The ungodly are not so. Mm, blessed. I'm so blessed. I often, I, I just often tell my children and my wife how blessed we are, and I look around, and, and I just, it's so overwhelming. I need to pinch myself sometimes. It's incredible. God is so good. But is that walking, that consistency, that obedience through the years, it doesn't come overnight. And yet, we don't serve for that. We serve regardless. Fifth, we are to serve like Jesus to affirm that we are chosen. Verse 18 and 19. To affirm that we are chosen. There will be many like Judas that will be among the people of God, but they're not the people of God. Verse 18. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scriptures may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me and lifts up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes that when it comes to pass, you may believe that I am he. Judas Iscariot do not hang out in the world. They hang out in the church. Remember that. The ministry of Judas was prophetic and needed to be fulfilled. He's quoting Psalm 41.9. You can make a cross-reference to Psalm 55, verse 12 through 14. And the context there also is twofold. David is talking about his friend Ahithophel. Ahithophel was his counselor, his friend. They took sweet counsel together. They went to the temple of God. They spent great times. And then when Absalom rebelled against David, he took sides with Absalom. And then when Absalom... They wouldn't receive his counsel. We went home, got his house in order, and killed himself. How prophetic of Judas Iscariot, a beautiful type. And you find that also in 2 Samuel 15 and 16, the account. Now you say, well, if, if, if it needed to be fulfilled, isn't that kind of, uh, kind of bad on Judas's side? I mean, you know, it, 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 was, it was prophetic, so he had no choice. Oh, no, no, no. Whichever way you want to interpret prophecy, he had a choice. First of all, in verse 1, it says he loved them to the end, to the uttermost. That included Judas. He says he got up and washed the disciples' feet. That included Judas. All the way to the garden, he says, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Every step of the way, Jesus was saying, Judas, think about it. Choose. And he chose not to choose for Jesus. So don't think that God has not chosen you. You say, well, I know he hasn't chosen me. How come? Well, because I don't want to be a Christian. Well, then, that's not God's fault. That's your fault. 
Come, and you'll find out you're chosen. But maybe I don't want to. Well, maybe you're not chosen. Well, that's not fair. Well, then come. <laughs> no one is predestined to hell. No one. Everybody chooses to go there. Every person chooses to go there. No one's predestined to go to hell. The betrayal was treacherous, being violent, sudden, because it was from a friend. The heel is a metaphor for kicking or tripping the heel of a wrestler. Dirty fighting. Treacherous. The Messiah, the Son of God, who knew all things, was telling them beforehand in order that they believe in Him as Messiah when it took place. Over and over again, He does things like this. All of a sudden, they had no idea it was Judas Iscariot. As a matter of fact, the other Gospels, Luke says, everyone says, is it I? Is it I? That's great. All of them thought they were candidates. That's good. Do you say, oh, never me. It's you then. <laughs> you better know your potential. You better know your candidacy. Each one of them says, is it I, Lord? They all knew they had the potential to betray him. That's great, great safety. It causes me to run to him, to cling to him, and not trust in myself. Jonathan one day stripped himself for David and placed his service for life, even though he was the next to reign. Now that's serving like Jesus. We are to serve in such a way that when our light shines, God gets the glory, not ourselves, Matthew 5, 16. Are you interested in glory? Want to be seen? Want to be patted on the back? Then you've got your reward. And God gets no glory. Our example is to be after the example of Jesus, willing to empty ourselves of ourselves. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 on down. It says that he didn't think it robbery to be equal with God, but he emptied himself, took on the form of a servant, humbled himself. And for that reason, a name has been given to him above every other name, that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. I love that. <laughs> Paul says, you have the mind. You know what the problem is? We don't put it on. Let this mind be in you. The service of Judas is a repulsive act, a repulsive service even today, as it was in the days of Jesus, which is self-seeking, hypocritical, and love is the only motive God honors, 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Love is the only thing God honors. Everything else will be burnt up like crispy critters. Gone. God will exalt the humble in due time, 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6. It says, young men, submit yourself to the elders in humility of mind. And God exalts the humble, but he abases the proud. And he does it in due time, both of them. And so we are to serve like Jesus. We have looked at Jesus as he washed the feet of the disciples and has revealed to us three truths about how we are to serve one another. We are to serve at all times. That's the proclamation. We are to serve all people. That's the exhortation. And we are to serve like Jesus. There's the application. Food to think about. Chew on. I'm all over. And see where you're at here in the church. Pastor Xavier Reese with some final encouragement for serving God's kingdom as Jesus provides himself the example for us. 
Simple Truths he draws from John chapter 13. And we've been listening to a message Pastor Xavier has called Jesus the Servant of Love. And you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date under the radio tab at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And we're pleased to be able to offer you your own copy of today's presentation to aid with your own continuing personal study. You know, in fact, all of what you heard last time and today will be included, plus the material our limited broadcast time didn't allow us to include. And you know, having your own copy makes it much easier to absorb the teaching at your own pace, enabling you to start and stop it as you like. So please, get in touch soon to request your copy of the study, Jesus the Servant of Love, It's available on CD for only $4. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please include the call letters of this station with your correspondence. That would be a great help to us in our efforts to monitor the effectiveness of this radio ministry. Next time, Pastor Xavier has an appointment for us with Jesus, the heart specialist. More simple truths from the Gospel of John. Hope you can make it. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com (laughs) 